0: Visit bankofamerica.com/slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, NA, copyright 2024.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
2: Thanks to everyone who supports the Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewshow.com slash support this is
3: the daily tech news for wednesday november 7th 2018 in los angeles i'm tom Merritt,
1: and from studio feline i'm sarah lane From
2: salt lake city utah i'm scott johnson and I'm the show's producer roger Che.
3: we have got a foldable phone to talk about as well as a way to identify you by how you walk even if you're trying to walk silly it's still gonna work we we'll are talk about all that let's start with a few tech things you should know
1: U.S. federal judge Lucy Koh ruled that Qualcomm must license some of its patents on modems to other chip makers, such as Intel and Samsung, on fair and reasonable terms. Qualcomm had accused Apple of sharing trade secrets with Intel. This decision kind of undermines the severity of that accusation. Sources tell Reuters that Qualcomm and Apple are not engaging in settlement talks at any level at this time.
2: Spotify says that users of its free ad-supported tier can now stream music on Spotify content speakers, or connect speakers, rather. Speaker makers will need to update to the latest SDK to allow for the Wi-Fi music streaming from Spotify.
3: WeChat announced it now has 1 million mini apps on its messaging platform. If you want to compare that to Apple, Apple has 2.1 million apps, so almost ha- about half the number of apps Apple has. Tencent introduced the apps back in January 2017 as a way of expanding the types of things WeChat could do. You can now do ride hailing and then banking and food delivery and all that stuff from right inside the WeChat app. 200 million users are actively using the mini programs each day out of WeChat's 1 billion monthly active users. But as interesting as that may be, we must go to the big news of the day, Scott.
2: Yeah, I don't hear WeChat folding anytime soon, so let's get (laughs) to it. Uh, That has two meanings, doesn't it? They're not folding in either sense of the word. True, in either sense. Samsung announced the Infinity Flex display, a foldable display. That's right. All your CES dreams are finally coming true. That opens to provide a 7.3-inch tablet display. And has a a second screen for when it is closed and works like a phone. Um, You see this thing in motion and it's kind of crazy. Apps run continuously when you charge, or excuse me, when you change from using one display to the other. Samsung is distributing an emulator APK for testing apps and says it will start a mass production in the coming months. Google announced it uh, as and, and introduced it. I'm sorry, Google announced it as. Uh, It introduced a native folding device support in Android. Samsung also announced it is opening Bixby for developers. That's their voice uh, assistant. Providing uh, uh, providing tools for writing Bixby-friendly code and a marketplace to sell Bixby-powered apps. So finally, a marketable, consumer-level, hopefully affordable, foldable display, you guys.
1: Well, okay. So we were, we were joking about WeChat, but let's just use that as an app example, right? So if the device is closed, then it would, you've got your display on the outside that you use like a smartphone, one would think, right? So Mm -hmm. what are you really getting from that additional display? A keyboard, so yeah, I'm trying to think of what apps, I mean, if it was anything that I was going to be using for writing more than a paragraph at a time, absolutely. I would want that. Um, but I wonder how many apps actually would take advantage of both of these, um, th- uh, these capabilities. Well, I, mean, I was,
3: um, I can ahead. think of one instance and it's not necessarily a widespread example, but, uh, I'm watching some video, uh, and I'm and and I'm in a small space, and I'm just watching it on the phone size. And then I, I get to a place where I can spread out a little more. Like I, let's say I boarded a plane, and I'm like, oh, I can open it up, and now I've got a bigger screen to watch that video. Or I start watching the video, and I realize, oh, I can't really see that that thing. I open it up so I can get a bigger screen uh, and see the video of what they're what they're showing better. Uh, I,
1: but I is know. it a bigger screen or is it just an additional screen?
3: Well, it, no, it's bigger. So you 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 have the phone folded up with a second screen on the outside that you're using right. just like a phone, and then yeah. when you open it up, suddenly you have an, a you have a a seven point three inch screen. Yeah, that is the, a different is the, screen yeah, than the one be, that it, was on the outside.
2: Yeah, that's the right idea, is that, that, yeah. but your app continues on that screen. Shouldn't have to worry about a crease or a binding point or any mm. of that. At least that's the thinking. So I could see use cases where. You're quickly typing with your thumbs to somebody or you've got to check something real quick and like, oh, actually, I need to take care of this right now. What? You got this extra display okay. space where you can get real work done potentially. But I don't think Sarah is totally wrong in wondering what the the actual practical use cases are. I think we probably just don't know yet. Like we've got to get them into people's hands and have them use them and figure out what
1: if what tom's describing is actually the way that it works well it's like well if i have limited space then i'll just use this screen if i have a little bit more space then i can make it bigger that's great i you know we're so used to not having devices that do this so it's like you know i i find myself being like well what apps would really benefit from this but i think having Basically, it's like you have two displays, and one is it would 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 become beneficial pretty quickly.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the fact that the apps can continue when you go from one screen to the other is cool, but just the ability to say I have a fold up phone that could also be a seven inch tablet, whether the apps continue or not is irrelevant. That there's there's some definite. Definite use cases there where sometimes you just want to have the small phone to type out a quick message and other times you want the bigger tablet so you can, you can see more of what you're working on. Um, I, they didn't show us the form factor. The thing was very boxy. They dimmed the lights to kind of de-emphasize what it looks like. They said it was inside a box because they're not allowed to show you the design yet. I guess they're worried about leak of trade secrets or something. Uh, so right now it looks super thick. I don't know if this was the best idea for them to demonstrate it this way, uh, because really the key to me is: is it going to feel like a normal phone? It doesn't have to be as thin as phones we have now, but it should be close when it's folded up. Then it might be great. Uh, but if it's as boxy as it was in this this special hiding the form factor box they were using, I don't think I'd want it.
2: Yeah, I am a little bugged by that presentation, but uh, it seems like potentially that's kind of a cool thing, and I am all about. Well, cool things.
1: <laughs> well, maybe you'll think this is cool, Scott. Facebook Messenger will let users delete sent messages up to 10 minutes after sending that message that you really didn't want to send after all. Feature is listed as coming soon in a release note for version 191.0 of Messenger. Facebook-owned WhatsApp of notes has a similar feature that gives users an hour to unsend a message. Now, wow. f- fir- first question, the mm. obvious one. Well, okay. Facebook owns both. Why wouldn't Facebook Messenger get one hour as well, but Facebook must have enough data on the types of messages that are being sent um, and the severity of this kind of an issue to, to 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 go with ten minutes rather than one hour. I for one welcome this, and it's not because I send a lot of messages that I regret necessarily, but I don't know, typos or whatever. It's like if you don't see the read receipt of, of because you see that within Facebook Messenger, it's like sometimes you just kind of want to clean up a message once it's already sent. Well, what if they've sent it
2: or, okay. So you've sent the message and it's five minutes into the 10 minute pullback. Yeah. Um, if they read it in the first five minutes, uh, you can still delete it in the first 10, but
1: yeah, it'll be edited, but it will be too late.
2: Yeah. So I guess I don't understand why that would be a thing anyone would want. Like, I really appreciate Gmail's, uh, functionality when you create an email and you send it and you're like, Oh shoot, I forgot to include so-and-so Yep. and undo finish the email or tweak it or edit it or do whatever you had to do and then send it again. And you have this like, I don't know how long it is. It's like 10 seconds. I, or something. Uh,
1: yeah, it's, it's pretty short. It's certainly not 10 it, minutes. It actually holds off sending it
3: is what it does. Right. So so it, because email isn't an instantaneous medium, nobody notices, but they basically just hold it and don't send it until it's past the window and then it, then it sends it on its way. This is different. This is I sent a message and I either want to edit it or I want to take it back yeah. or even it's if retracting. somebody saw it, I don't yeah. want them to be able to show it to other people. I, I feel like the Facebook Messenger at 10 minutes is more about instant regret with a long window. So that it, so that instant regret, no matter when it hits, it's your instant regret is never going to be 10 minutes later. Uh, whereas WhatsApp with the hour window is a wholly different use case. So you've got two different teams here, and they're yeah. saying, oh, okay, we've run into these other situations, kind of like what Sarah said. They've got data on this. So I don't think Messenger – I think you can overthink the 10 minutes. I don't think they're saying 10 minutes is the optimal time. I think they probably think a minute is the optimal time, but they're saying let's make it 10 so no one ever complains that they were about to unsend and – Suddenly they couldn't.
2: Yeah. And then just Twitter, another reminder, you should make it so we can edit our tweets. That's all.
1: And I, I, yeah, right, Exactly. Um, but it's also, I, I wonder how much this messaging will, I don't know how, how hard the company is going to work on this messaging. For example, currently in Facebook Messenger, and I've learned this the hard way, I can delete a message. And it seems like I'm deleting a message within a conversation. If I send something to Scott and then I'm like, yeah, I don't even want, you know, I'll just delete that. It never happened. Oh, it's still on Scott's side. It's just not on mine. You're
3: deleting it from your view, not from being said. Right. This is And I mean and
1: that but sure, that makes sense, right? But that was not something I really understood until Mm. I put it into practice. Uh, you know, we'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it it's it's the company didn't make it uh, uh, very easy for me to understand that I wasn't actually deleting <laughs> and you're a still sensitive mad. message. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get it.
3: Yeah. Uh, sure. Police in the Netherlands claim to have decrypted more than 258,000 messages sent using the app Iron Chat, which is an end to end encrypted chat service. Uh, in fact, the two men who ran Black Box Security who operated Iron Shed have been arrested on charges of money laundering. Police have taken down the server used to send messages. They've also taken down the website server. Those might be the same servers, but they've they're both offline. It's an unknown how the police were able to read the messages, but the best guesses involves some kind of weakness in how the Iron Chat app handled encryption. Uh, The Netherlands police are not claiming to have broken the encryption. An article published by Dutch public broadcaster NOS detailed several weaknesses in Iron Chat, like easy-to-miss notifications of a change in key, which could be an indication of an attempted man-in-the-middle attack, or failure to check if the server sending the messages is the correct one, so you could spoof things. Uh, So Dutch police might have used any number of methods to trick uh, themselves into being able to get the messages without breaking the end-to-end encryption. Iron Chat claimed to be a choice of Edward Snowden, although that is not verified. It was something they just put up on their website.
2: Yeah. Also, the name Iron Chat's a little unfortunate here, isn't it? Just given
1: that <laughs> right.
2: Kind of, so strong, kind of iron. Yeah, it's not exactly iron after all. But um, it paid the iron price. This iron stuff account. always makes me a little bit nervous. There's so much talk and so much praise about you know services that do end-to-end encryption and and this is the future and this is how we'll be able to protect our, our information and our data and everything. And then something named iron Chad who claims the same ends up getting, you know, <laughs> and they can read their stuff. And and while we don't know a whole lot of information about why they did or how they did it, I should say it still doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence in, in yeah. encryption.
3: It, to me, it points out the importance when you're making choices about important things in your life of uh, looking at third party audits whether it's review sites or, or or trusted experts like Bruce Schneier, and finding out what they say about a thing. If they don't say anything, that's not a good sign. So Signal is very well audited. Uh, they've been very transparent about how they work. Uh, and and so you can trust that their end-to-end encryption is pretty solid. Iron Chat made a lot of claims, but apparently they were full of Swiss cheese holes, according to the Dutch public broadcaster. So maybe you shouldn't have been relying on them in the first place.
2: Like naming yourself uh, Humble Bill. <laughs> it's like, you call yourself humble you're probably not so don't call yourself iron chat that's all
1: <laughs> it's a good reminder though i mean I, i'm guilty of this it's it's there are people who don't care about end-to-end encryption at all i would consider myself somebody who does care but when i see that in maybe some you know app liner notes i'm like oh that sounds good but exactly exactly how is that being handled because something like iron chat it sounds like probably was not uh a, a chat uh, uh, app that any of us should be using if we well, had looked and, at the phone
3: but way. it was billed as is like hey snowden recommends it it's the it's the safest way to chat end-to-end encryption look we have end-to-end encryption and they had a lot right. of documentation about how it worked uh and and it looked legitimate um but it also the other you know the other point i want to sneak in here too is it's a it's an it's an example of how going dark is not as big of a problem as some people think uh here is an end-to-end encrypted chat app that you didn't need to have a backdoor in order to conduct a thorough investigation. Right. Good
1: point. Flickr is reiterating. It's not going to take down creative commons photos when it limits free storage, but there are some details included last week. Flickr announced that you don't need a Yahoo account to log in anymore. That was good, but it also set a 1000 picture limit for free accounts. That was formerly one terabyte across the board, so they've changed their terms a bit. Accounts over that 1,000 photo limit will see content deleted starting on February 5th, 2019. Flickr will also block future uploads to those accounts starting on January 8th. So if you've already reached the 1,000 photo threshold, can't upload anything anymore unless you upgrade to a pro account.
2: I would say two things about this. I used to be a huge Flickr user. Me too. And, uh, I thought it was great. And I still think it's kind of cool, but um, I stopped using it because it started to be kind of ridiculous and there are better ways to sort of manage your photos. And I was really using it to manage my photos. Most everything else I'll post on other social media networks and Flickr just really never kept up that way. Um, but it also strikes me as just interesting to start to see services, not just them, but others who have stopped looking uh, at a space or, a, a, excuse me, storage requirements as a way of having a metric for how much you can have on a free service. And instead they're starting to do volume. Uh, it's kind of like minutes with, uh, mm. uh, with data back in the AOL days. You get so many minutes of data um, because it's a, it's the way they want to describe it. And this is similar to that. Going from one terabyte to a thousand is kind of weird because I could put a whole lot more than a thousand pictures in a terabyte. Um, of course, that depends on resolution and you know so file size and all of this. Um, but a thousand pictures is a thousand pictures. They could be tiny 2K, uh, you know, little thumbnail images and you're still limited to a thousand of those. And that's kind of a kind of. And
1: a- I mean, considering who has used Flickr in the past, you probably are getting a lot more of those low res, you know, old smartphone photos yeah. rather than, yeah, the, the, you know, hitting a one terabyte threshold.
3: The, yeah. the point, the the key to this story, though, because the Flickr news of going down to a thousand is a couple of days old. The new thing here today is saying, hey, everybody who was worried that this limit would kick out a bunch of the Creative Commons stuff that you've been relying on. Don't worry. We're going to do the right thing and we're going to preserve that. It, it's, a, it's a fudge. uh They're, they're not. They're saying we're going to make an exception for existing Creative Commons. It also will starve Creative Commons going forward because anybody who starts putting up stuff now, you can't go and just today change all thousand of your images to Creative Commons if they weren't already. Uh, they That won't count anymore. So Creative Commons going forward won't make you an exception to this limit. It's, and that's going to reduce the number that get created in the future. But, but it is a, a smart PR move on Flickr's part, I have
2: to say. I suppose. guess so. The whole thing, though, feels like they're pulling out. And and none of this language makes me want to run back to Flickr and crank my account Well, but up. if you
3: pay for the 50 50- I mean $50 a year or something like that. You get unlimited. Well, you yep. didn't whereas before you were limited to a terabyte even if you paid. It was it I mean,
1: to- I still I still pay for a Flickr Pro account yeah. and I use it as a if all else fails, most of my photos are backed up there. Now, that's it, it's a it's an old way to think of using Flickr, right? Especially, you know, this, you know, this era of all of our cloud uh, devices and 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 I I don't know. I I have no business spending $50 a year on Flickr Pro, but I do I still like the company. I talked about it last week. It's like everything that that, you know, Flickr does feels very outdated. It's not really a social network. It never really, you know, it's once Instagram came in, that was sort of the end of it, even for me, even though I used it a lot in the past. But I do use it as a very well organized photo repository.
3: Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com, another show in our universe available for you. Associated Press reports police in Beijing and Shanghai are using gait recognition, not G-A-T-E-G-A-I-T, to identify people based on their body shape and how they walk. The system is made by a company called Waitrix, W-A-T-R-I-X, which claims it can identify people from up to 50 meters away without needing to see a person's face. It's all about how their body moves. Changing your walk by limping or hunching or other ways supposedly will not affect the identification. They say there's a certain signature that our machine learning algorithms can identify about the way your body moves that whether you're hunching or limping or doing a Monty Python silly walk, doesn't matter, you're, <laughs> you're, you're still going to be identifiable. Uh, and China is, is putting this into place in these two cities uh, as a way to bolster police efforts to capture criminals. Now, professors from Osaka University have been working with Japan's National Police Agency to use similar gate recognition software on a pilot basis since 2013. There's also efforts underway in the United Kingdom and in the U.S., uh, to to do similar things. So this isn't new in China, but it is interesting, especially this part about using some machine learning to make it work really well.
2: Hmm. It sounds like they, it's like a fingerprint. Am, am I wrong to classify it that way? Like, do we all have such a unique gate? Yeah. Well,
1: apparently so, yeah. It's sort of like retina scan or fingerprint or something where it's like very unique to you. I, I, I'm I surprised that, that trying to game the system would be ineffective.
3: Well, because it, probably is based on your bone structure and it's yeah. not it's not the motions themselves it's the way and again, I'm just making this stuff up. In fact, if there's somebody out there who works on gate identification. Yeah, like uh, identification, your femur is a certain length,
1: yeah. Like, we know it's you.
3: If, if somebody works on gate identification, please email us, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. But, but, you know, the way your joint works is pretty much going to work the same way, whether you're, whether you're trying to hold it over your head or swing it out to the side or do something cool or silly with it. You can't change the structure of the joint itself. And that's probably what the machine learning algorithm starts to identify.
2: Yeah, it is fun, though. My brain has gone crazy today since we first talked about this a little bit on TMS this morning about ways you could gain it. And one of the ways I was thinking of is you put a sock over your face and you ride in on one of those hoverboards uh, going (laughs) sideways. Okay.
3: (laughs) sure. (laughs) Yes. If you're not walking, identifying you by walking won't work.
2: Right. Exactly. (laughs) So that's how you get them. I mean,
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, so in this new age of privacy, we're all beyond rollerblades. Again. Also,
3: you don't need to put a sock over your face because it's not facial recognition.
2: <laughs> well, right, but the idea is that now they don't have the secondary one. All they've got is a weirdo on a hoverboard. And but they you know what?
3: I bet you're me. real identifiable as that weirdo on the hoverboard when no one <laughs> right. else is using them. Yeah,
2: yeah that's a good point. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think this kind of technology is really cool. <laughs> I feel like we've seen it in movies a bunch of times. In fact, we talked about some of those this morning where they. Kind of uh, have you know fudged that a little bit for uh, for fiction, but now it's sort of coming to reality. I I'm, I'm weirdly not freaked out about it. Like the idea that they would know how I'd walk is not a that doesn't feel like a thing that could be super abused as a as a part of privacy. I mean, I just I walk how I walk, and
3: if well, it's unique,
0: well, I, what it am is, I going to do? It about? is a,
3: a a tracking method that you can't change, right? right? If you're going to walk, your only way to change is not walk, right? So if you're if you're going to walk, or if you are someone who can walk, then then they're going to be able to track you with this. And there there are concerns about that, about how it should be used and for what purposes. Uh, there's also, I think, some real positives here, which is, man, what if my Ring doorbell could use this to just unlock when it saw me walking up? Because they're like, oh, that's Tom. You know, the only people that walk like that are him.
1: Yeah. But but I mean, okay. And I know that this is, if the technology works, it works. But What if somebody can spoof your walk? Well, okay, see, but isn't that funny how we go from like, (laughs) Oh, so they're going to be able to track
3: us. We need to fool it by not walking. But as soon as we're using it for a positive use, for a secure use, you're like, but what if it doesn't work? Yeah, what
1: if Scott figures out how to walk like Tom and could just walk right into his house? So which is it?
3: Does it not work? And then we're not worried about the surveillance aspects of it? Or does it work? I know. Right. (laughs) Are
2: you? Exactly. If you're going to, let's say you want to hijack a plane and you're just dead set on doing it. It's just absolutely the thing you're going to do. Could I go as that hijacker? Could I go and get hip replacement surgery that would tweak the way my my actual, like sure. you said, no, I'm in, in socket?
3: Oh,
1: work. so yeah, so you won't be seen in any database as somebody who might be problematic. Right. I right.
3: wonder about that. That that is a great question. And if there, again, if there is anybody working on this kind of technology, let us know. Is arthritis uh, or or hip replacement surgery enough to change this, or are there enough other data points? where it can say, well, that hip's moving a little different, but everything else looks like Scott, so we're going to stop him.
2: Yeah, because it's not just your – your gait involves a lot of other balance and other issues all your bones at your rib cage and your certain angle and the way your arms move to create balance. Like I bet there's way more data points, but it would be fascinating to see if like hip replacement or you got in a car accident and so you're walking a little bit different than you used to, whatever it may be, or like you said, age. Like, will these things be factors? That's just fascinating to me. Because just like, changing I'm, your walk
3: isn't going to do it. Your your body moves the way it moves. But if you change the joint, right? then I don't know. Maybe, maybe that could be enough. Or maybe there's still enough of a recognizable aspect at, combined with the other data points. You're not changing all the joints in your body, right?
2: Right. So. What if you got it down and crawled, hand over fist, like in the army? Like you I just,
1: think your, your <laughs> joints still. Yeah. Move you move Hip replacement surgery. You always <laughs> wear sunglasses, and you take you know the the skin off of all of your fingerprints. Yeah. Now what are they going to do? I yeah. can't help.
3: They're going to, you're going to be able to identify <laughs> you as the only person who does all those things.
1: Yeah. All right. No, you're if right. If you have nothing to hide, why would you do these things?
2: It's kind of fun, though, to think, try <laughs> to think of them. And I, I came up with some really dumb ones that I will not share here, but I think there are a lot of ways that people are going to try to, because it, it inspires this sort of thing, right? You hear a new technology is supposed to be, you know, super accurate. And then the world goes, oh, really, super accurate. And then they do things to try to foil it. And I, I kind of look forward to that too, a little bit, just to see but hopefully no one gets hurt.
3: <laughs> yeah. And and, and and if it's as good as Waitrix promises, which maybe it's not, I know, uh, I would like to see it used for personal purposes, you know, for as a way to identify yourself with other factors, right? Like maybe you have to have your phone on you and have gate recognition and then your door unlocks for you. Um, I, th- I think there's some interesting aspects that are not related surveillance that could benefit us, the consumers here. Uh, that, that's worth taking a look at. So... Keep an eye on the gate technology to unlock your gate with your gate.
1: (laughs) Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on other stories and help us know what you want to hear more about in our stories. com. Also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Tech News Show.
3: Oh, Sarah, did I tell you the news? What's that? If you hook your Reddit account up to your Patreon account, you get special patron flair in addition to other flair that you already have on Reddit.
1: Yeah, don't say talk.
3: Oh, I do say. Yeah.
1: All right. There so already a
3: couple of people like Open Bayou already taking advantage of that. So you might want to be like them.
1: Very cool. Let's Very check
3: cool. out the mailbag.
1: Big Bite Man actually had uh, uh, some feedback for us that I thought might help others. Okay. Uh, he says, I'm currently an undergraduate student working on a dual degree in computer science and computer engineering. Nice. Good for you, Big Bite Man. Absolutely love the show. Started listening when I first got into college about two years ago. Never missed a show. Thought it was about time I give back to you guys for the work you do. Had a quick question. If I subscribe to be a patron to get good day internet podcasts, Where do I listen to them in addition to this show? Ah. Right now, I use Apple's podcast app. I was wondering where to be able to find this new feed besides going online to a website every time.
3: Yeah, Good Day Internet is basically a bonus show. It gives you 15 minutes before we start DTNS, all of DTNS, and about a half hour after DTNS of all of us just chatting. So if you like more wide open discussion amongst all of us, uh, that's the thing to get. And yes, uh, you you don't have to worry about which app to use? Pretty much any app can take an RSS feed manually, and that's how you do it. You go to Patreon. dot com when you're logged in. You go to Patreon. dot com slash dtns. If you're on the web, uh, it should be there on the right hand side. You copy your your link, or they'll email it to you the first time you sign up, and then you put that link into your podcast app of choice, and Bing, bang, boom, you're on your way.
1: Beautiful, yeah. Well, thank you for all of your feedback, everybody who emails us each week, each day, each hour, each minute. And also thanks to Scott Johnson for being with us each Wednesday. Scott, what has been going on? You were at BlizzCon recently.
2: I was. I had a really good time there. If you are uh, part of the BlizzCon virtual ticket and weren't able to attend, you can still see the uh, panel that I moderated on Saturday, last Saturday. It's called the Wow Q&A panel. I recommend you check it out. Good information shared, and you can see what a dork I look like on a big giant stage. So go check that out if you are interested in such things. Uh, but as a reminder, I always like to let people know there is something happening that's directed right at the Daily Tech News Show audience every single month. Patrick Beja and I get together and we do a little video game briefing podcast, uh, and it's every month. So we call it the Monthly Video Game Briefing, or MG. Wait,
1: <laughs> you do this, and
2: it happens every month. And we just recorded one, and it was fantastic talking about Red Dead, talking about what we saw at BlizzCon, and all the other games uh, that have come out in the last 30 days or so. Not only that, we look at business stuff, we look at tech stuff, we look at it from a little more of an angle of a, of a, of a DTNS listener, and uh, I think you guys are going to really like it if you haven't checked it out. You can find it everywhere, including an easy link over on my site, frogpants.com slash mvgb, and uh, everything there will get you what you need. So go check it out. We love it. We're having a great time with it. If you want to follow me on Twitter, or you have any questions for me, check me out at Scott Johnson.
3: Excellent. Also folks, uh, there's all kinds of ways to support the show. One of which is to buy some DTNS stuff. You can get a DTNS mug you can get a DTNS hoodie, get a DTNS t-shirt, DTNS sticker. It's all available at dailytechnewsshow.com slash store for your gifting enjoyment.
1: Our email address is feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Keep the feedback coming, will ya? We love it. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. And you can find out more at DailyTechNewsShow.com slash live.
3: Talk to you tomorrow.
2: This show
0: is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at FrogPants.com
2: you have enjoyed this program.
0: (laughs) Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit Bankofamerica dot com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA Copyright 2024. What does it take to move the needle on the world's toughest problems? On Better Heroes, we've sourced the globe for passionate individuals and visionary companies who are all on a mission to solve humanity's most urgent challenges. Like, can AI make the world a better place? How can we change our consumption habits to better serve the environment? And what can we do to make our financial systems work for all? This series will convince you that humanity can save itself and our planet. Better Heroes is by EY and produced by Human Group Media. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.